In the name of Jesus. Over the river and through the woods, to grandmother's house we go. The horse knows the way to carry the sleigh through the white and drifting. Over the river and through the woods, now grandmother's cap I spy. Hurrah for the fun, the pudding's done. Hurrah for the pumpkin pie. This time of year, as we have our traditions that we are so entrenched in, traditions of of preparing for Christmas, of of traveling to see family, all of those things, I, I can't help but be taken back in time to my childhood. Because immediately after Christmas, we would always load up into the station wagon and and make the 15-hour drive, 55-mile-an-hour speed limit, remember those days, from Missouri up to the great snowy plains of Minnesota. And as a young boy, as we would drive there up to Minnesota to see the grandparents and, and the aunts and uncles and the cousins, as we would anticipate all of those things that were so special and unique, Lefse was good, Ludafisk not so much. But there would be signs on the trip. We get to Iowa, and I would always look for the, the big happy chef standing there by the exit, hoping and praying maybe mom and dad would get off on that exit and we could have a hamburger at Happy Chef and, and maybe push the button and listen to the happy chef talk to us. That was a sign. Whether we stopped or not, I saw it. And we'd travel through Albert Lee, and we'd get up to Interstate 90, and we'd see a sign for Blue Earth. And I always wondered to myself, was there really Blue Earth in Blue Earth? And then we would take the turn off to St. James, Minnesota. And as we got on that last two-lane highway outside of town on the way to the farm, I would look and look to see if I could identify the schoolhouse that my mom grew up in. You know, the one where she had to walk two miles uphill both ways in 50, 60 mile an hour wind. (laughs) Because when we saw the schoolhouse, when we saw that sign, we would start singing over the river and through the wind. Then I knew. I knew the time was close. I knew I'd get to see my grandparents and, 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 and the holiday would really begin. Jesus says that there will be signs that you and I are to look for as well. There are signs that we should be looking for as Christians as we prepare for his coming. Advent is all about Christ coming to us. Last week, Pastor Grady had a very eloquent sermon that talked about how Christ came to Jerusalem, came not to be an earthly ruler, but but came to be the Savior, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, as John the Baptist pointed out, who takes away the sins of the world. And today, this Sunday, is all about you, populous Zion, the people of God, the people of Zion, And it's all about you being able to identify the signs of Christ's second return. 
might seem kind of strange, almost as if it's the last few Sundays of the church year where we also talked about Christ's return. But if you're going to talk about Advent, if you're going to talk about preparation to receive Jesus, whether as a baby, whether as the king, the lamb who has come, or whether he who will return, well, you need to look at the big picture. And so our faith means that we as Christians should always be prepared for his return here and now. In the midst of your crazy life, it's probably not something that you think very much about. There's presents to buy, your, your Amazon shopping cart has all of these save for later. You're trying to decide, do I get this now or, or then? You're trying to find the deals perhaps that you missed on Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Perhaps you have family coming in town. Perhaps things are a little different this year because well, maybe someone's not around that was last year. And you have all of this stuff that is on your mind. And because you are a sinner, a human being, it's, it's also on your heart. And it weighs you down. And so this second Sunday in Advent, for you, O people of God, people of Zion, Jesus comes to let you know what the signs are. He says, first there will be signs and sun and moon and stars. And on the earth, the stress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Now, perhaps you're one of those people that you hardly even want to turn on the TV or watch the news or, or check the stream of all the stuff on your smart device or screen because you're just worried about What's going to happen with, with, with this election or that election or, or this political process? Or maybe it's waiting for the other shoe to drop with, with a bill that hasn't come in the mail yet. Or a job opportunity. Or a child. Or maybe it's just all that other stuff that goes on within families. Of people being at odds with each other. The stuff of life. And Jesus says in the midst of that, you need to be prepared because I could return at any time. Is that something you think about? About his return now? Are you prepared to meet him here and now? Are you one who is constantly depressed, worried that the world is, is going to H-E double hockey sticks in a handbasket? And everything is so bad. In the midst of all that, is it hard for you to find peace and joy in the midst of even this holiday season? Thus Christ comes to you to help you identify the signs. The early church fathers and even still academics and historians today identify these signs that Jesus tells us about, not just in terms of physical sun and physical moon and physical stars, but rather that the sun is the S-O-N, Christ. That you should be keeping your eyes and your ears open to see where this sun comes to you today, perhaps in word, perhaps in sacrament, perhaps in opportunities for you 
to serve your neighbor, to do good works that God has created you to do. The moon, perhaps, is also the church. And the stars, perhaps, are all of you as Christians. In the midst of this life, Christ has come to you as you live daily in your baptism. That he comes and dwells here within the church, even in simple bread and wine, his body and blood, medicine of immortality to strengthen us for this journey. Signs that foretell his return and a call for us to be repentant and ready. Like the five virgins with their lamps full of oil. Perhaps there have been things that you have been putting off. Thinking, oh, I'll have the time to do that. Or I'll address that at such and such a place. Tomorrow is not guaranteed for you. And perhaps, on the other hand, your true idols are just that. The way you would like your future to work or to be. Or the stuff that you surround yourself with trying to define your contentment here and now. Jesus comes and asks you and me, people of Zion, to wake up, to stay awake, to know the reality. Look at the fig tree, he says, and and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God, Christ's return, is perhaps closer than you and I would care to admit. And in so doing, we could be one of two types of people. One, we should be perhaps those who should be afraid, but are not. Or perhaps we should be those who should rejoice, but we do not. Scripture gives us clear warning and testimony In the days of Noah, we are told, people ate and drank, were given in marriage, but the flood, the global flood, which did occur, destroyed them all, except for eight. Eight sides to our baptismal font. Eight souls saved by means of the ark, just as baptism now saves you. We're also told of the days of Lot. When Scripture records, people also ate, drank, bought, sold, planted, built. But when Lot left Sodom, fire and brimstone fell from heaven and devoured them all. There will be a judgment day. Christ will return again the second and final time. Where is your heart Where is your mind? Back in 1522, Martin Luther, in so speaking and preaching on this very text, wrote a couple of paragraphs that I think are quite good. He says, I do not wish to force anyone to believe as I do. Neither will I permit anyone to deny me the right to believe that the last day is near at hand. These words and signs of Christ compel me to believe that such is the case. 
for the history of the centuries that have passed since the birth of Christ, nowhere reveals conditions like those of the present. Pick up what he lays down, would you? There has never been such building and planting in the world. There has never been such gluttonous and varied eating and drinking as now. Wearing apparel, clothes, has reached its limit in costliness. And who has ever heard of such commerce as now encircles the earth? (laughs) Uh, Amazon? (laughs) There have arisen all kinds of art and sculpture, embroidery and engraving, the like of which has not been seen during the whole Christian era. Luther is recognizing the signs in his day and age, in the midst of his life. And that's what you and I are called to do as well. To recognize around us, not necessarily to grieve, nor to fear, but to recognize the signs. To know what's going to come next. And not only that, but to look forward to it with anticipation, with joy. I think for most of us, we're pretty comfortable here in this life. We don't really think about dying or going to heaven or much let Christ return. We're thinking about what we want here and and how comfortable we are. And for that, we need to repent. That's why we have this second Sunday in Advent. To remind us of all of the amazing good that is yet to come. The inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. And how you now are this people of Zion. Jesus says, truly, amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Some people wrestle with that part of our gospel text, thinking that he was promising perhaps that that the apostles or just those that were alive at this time would would see his return. And, And some of them, to be fair, thought that. But the word generation, this generation, If you study the rest of the Gospels as a reference to the Jews that crucified Christ, meaning the unbelievers, Jesus is warning us that we will always have those around us who will deny his word and the truth of what will take place. But for you, he gives great comfort this day. For you and for me, Whether we have fears or worries, or whether we're having a hard time rejoicing, he says this, my words will not pass away. So stay awake, he says. Pray that you may have strength to escape all these things. But he assures you, you are my people. For you I have come For you I came as a babe in the manger. For you I came to fulfill all of God's holy law. To keep his word that you did not and will not. For you I came to be the Lamb of God. The once for all sacrifice to shed my nephesh, my blood. To give my life for yours. To redeem you. That you might be my father's own, his people, his sheep, his family. That you might now dwell with me. And that you might have a hope and a joy and a peace that passes all understanding. 
And so this time of year, it probably seems odd. If you're struggling with that peace and contentment thing and joy, and you find yourself stressed by this, that, and the other, Jesus says, look at the signs and repent. Think of my coming, my return, and know that through me, you are forgiven, that you who were once dead in your trespasses and sins are now alive in Christ Jesus. All of these things given to you and me, signs, happy chef, the schoolhouse, simple signs for me as a child of the joy that was yet to come and being with my grandparents on that magical and mystical family farm. But for you, signs that Christ has given in this life, in this world, in word and sacrament, that you may look forward to his return and that you may know that you are prepared, that you may not fear judgment day, but know that because of Christ, all of the inheritance is yours. May we thus prepare this Advent season for his coming. And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. In the name of Jesus. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.